podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk. Um, I wonder whether you'd let me know how you are today. How are you feeling? How are things? Um, is there anything that we can pray for over these coming days and weeks? It's great to stay connected. And we have that privilege and that opportunity to be able to do that via all the social platforms that we have. So let us know. It would be great to, to hear from you. I want to start today by just asking a small question. I wonder over these past months that nobody ever thought would even be possible. Nobody had even given thought to, in essence. I wonder whether you've asked the question, what can I do? What can I do? It may be in relation to the actual pandemic itself. Maybe thinking further forward that perhaps when it's all over, What can I do? Perhaps each day, particularly now as we are again locked down by the government's recommendation that we can even think on a day-to-day basis, what can I do? (laughs) There's so many things and so many times I would imagine that we've thought about that and that we've asked that question. It's so important, we know, don't we, to have focus on a goal preferably, but focus on something, to fix our sight on something in order to help us navigate forward. And that's the key. Where is our focus in order that we can progress, that we can navigate forward? This is, I guess, in these times, maybe um, more relevant, and it's always relevant to think like this, but maybe even in these times it's perhaps a little more relevant than it's ever seemed before. Over the next few weeks, God willing, we're going to navigate and fix our eyes on that progress. Progress that leads to, you ready for this, simply the next step. Progress that leads simply to the next step. Sometimes we can think too much. Sometimes we can find ourselves trying to overthink the next five, 10, 15 steps. But maybe if we could just focus, maybe if we could just fix our eyes on the next step that'd help us in these times. You'll notice perhaps if you're observant that there are some dot, 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 dots before my title. And I think, and just work with me here, I think that that is the place where we are right now. The title is The Next Step. But there's these little dots before it, and they're with purpose, they're not by accident. In fact, they're there for a reason. Not just a filler, not just to look good, or maybe a little bit different, but they serve a purpose. They give a pause. They give a build. In truth, the dot, dot, dots gain momentum. In fact, I think the dots are exciting. Why? 
Well, because if we need something at this minute, it is something that leads somewhere. And the dot, dot, dots lead somewhere. They do just that. That's what they do. We are heading somewhere. When we look at the news, as difficult as it is, still we can see the hope that we are on the precipice of change. We're about to take the next step. And these things are coming to fruition now for us globally, which is fantastic. Being in the dots, though, we're in a position where right now we need to, in military terms, hold the line. We need to hold the line. When we can see change or we can sense change on the horizon, sometimes the hardest thing to do is to keep waiting. We're eager, aren't we? We're desperate for it. We're just ready to go. Yet, this is where we find ourselves and we must keep waiting, be patient. And as we're told regularly that we're protecting lives in that and we're making sure that we're protecting our wonderful health service. But in these moments, I want us to understand that we aren't doing nothing. In fact, we are doing something. Before the next step, there are things, church, that we can do to build that momentum. Remember? To build that progress. I want us to have a look, if you've got your Bibles with you, Philippians um, chapter 1 and verse 12 through 21. It's just a, a short passage of scripture that I want us to, to view and if you've got your Bibles, as I say, turn to it. If not, God, God willing, it'll be on the screen. But let's have a look and see what it says. Just to set the scene a little bit, Paul is the writer here and he's currently in prison. Now, that's not easy. Um, Paul is in prison for telling people about Jesus. He's in prison for sharing the gospel, the good news about Jesus Christ. He's writing to the church at Philippi and he's writing in order that they might just understand that the gospel is needed, that they might um, find out that they can bolster their uh, faith in the Lord Jesus by looking at what Paul is writing, by understanding Paul's conviction and his passion and his faith but also to encourage them to share the gospel and to keep them on their toes also to avoid the enemy's traps and the pitfalls around about them. The title of this section in the NIV says Paul's chains advance the gospel. Paul's chains advance the gospel. Again, I've got my NIV Bible in front of me. And, and really, when you think about that, that title there, it, it almost is a contradiction in terms, isn't it? It doesn't make sense that Paul's chains could advance the gospel, yet the title is completely and utterly apt. It fits perfectly. So let's just read those few verses, verse 12 uh, through um, 21 of chapter 1. Now, I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. 
As a result, it has become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of my brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. Isn't that amazing? It is true that some preach, preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defence of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely supposing that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. But what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, Paul says, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ that has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will um, have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. And he says in verse 21, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. And we pray as always that the Lord might bless the reading of his word today. As you read this section of this letter, you can see Paul's boldness, his conviction. And it's actually inspiring all those around about him who are seeing how he is in this prison cell, how they're hearing about how he's preaching to the guards, he's telling them about Jesus. It's inspiring them to do the same. How could it not? Here's a guy who seemingly is locked away in a place where he can't do what he wanted to do in freedom, yet he is not letting any of that stop him from doing what he knows that God has called him to do. All of the guards know exactly who Paul is and they know exactly also why Paul is in prison. He's in prison for sharing the gospel, yet here he is sharing the gospel. It doesn't matter what you do, he will, while ever he's got uh, breath in his lungs, he will share the good news about Jesus Christ. So firstly, in these moments in the dots, as it were, for Paul, he's sharing the gospel with anyone and everyone that he possibly can do. He's not worried or perhaps even distracted by his surroundings. The same four walls day in and day out, they are not taking his eyes off his purpose he, in fact, is upbeat. He is driven. He's progressive in his thoughts and his actions. Why? Well, because his focus is clearly on the next step. Now, I just want to be clear at this juncture because sometimes you can think, well, Paul knew what the next steps were. He had absolutely no idea and we'll go into that in a few seconds. But the truth is, Paul is still absolutely convinced and absolutely sure that God's in control, that he's willing to take and to push forward into these next steps because his focus is in the right place. Now, I want us to just 
observe the language, if we can, from what Paul's writing here in this letter. In verse 18, he tells us a couple of times that he is actually rejoicing. He's rejoicing because the word is being spread about Christ, because they've heard about his drive in prison and the fact that it hasn't halted him at all. And he's even saying that whether it's good motives or bad motives, still Christ is being preached. So naturally then I can rejoice. Things may not be to what Paul would say, that's my plan. I know what I can do. I'll get myself in prison so that I can't be free. I mean, it's just never going to be your plan, is it? But Paul knows that God's in control, so he can actually settle into that and he can rejoice. Things might not be going to his plan, yet he's certain that God is in control. The question for us today is, are we rejoicing? Do we feel like we're even able to rejoice? And there are tough moments. There have been tough moments. And the truth is, because this is life, there are going to be more tough moments. Tough as they are, though, we do have things to rejoice about. We have a God who loves us, who wants the best for us. We have a saviour in the Lord Jesus Christ who made a way for us through the power of the cross to come back into a relationship with God. Now, these things are praiseworthy, aren't they? But also, God hasn't left us on our own. As we put our faith and our trust in him as, uh, as Christians, as the church then, we have the Holy Spirit inside of us to help us and to guide us on our day to day. These things are worth rejoicing about. But often we forget, well, because we become complacent, don't we? But these are worth rejoicing about. Paul goes on in verse 19 to highlight this Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit that we have as believers as we put our faith in Christ. The word tells us that at that point we receive the Holy Spirit. And also he says that there are people out there that are praying, praying with the right motives, praying to grow the church. You see the language again that we see in those verses, verse 19. For I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the spirit of Jesus Christ, that what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. He's saying, look, we can focus on what's important. We can pray for what's important. And do you know, that is such great teaching for us today. It's so important to pray. The question is, are we praying? Even in the dots, are we praying? Are we praying for each other, church? Are we praying for our leaders? Are we praying for our nation, our world? We look around about us and there's so much going off, so much heartache and pain. Are we praying to God? Are we praying in these moments? Are we also praying that the gospel, the good news about Jesus Christ, is laying, is settling on hearts as it goes out via the various uh, platforms on the internet, as, as perhaps now more than ever that more people are tuning in online to watch and to hear what God's got to say to them. And I pray that you're tuning in today to hear just that, to see what God's got to say to you through his word so that we can see that God is 
attentive. He is listening and he wants to help us and to grow us. And these are the things that we need to be praying for, that people might hear, for lives to be changed through the power of the cross. Amen. Paul explains how he has an expectation that God is absolutely on it. He says it in verse 20. He just enlightens us to, to draw our minds to it. And I hope that whatever the outcome for him, remember I said he had absolutely no idea about what the next step was. You see then in verse 20 that this becomes absolutely clear. He says, I eagerly expect to be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. Well, he has no idea. Maybe he'll get freed and maybe he'll be able to go on about his day to day. Or maybe he'll be condemned to death. Either way, he's saying, God, you've got it. And whatever happens, that Christ might be exalted. Church, now that's spiritual maturity, isn't it? That's spiritual maturity. Paul got it. He understood it. And he wants you and I today, all these years later, to be able to see that as he wrote to the church at Philippi. So he's writing to you and I today to listen, to see God is in control. Don't worry about it. Just trust. And that's easier said than done, I know, but this is why we draw and we look into the word so that we can find the, the words that we need, the motivation that we need. And we can see that God is in absolute control. He's praying for courage also in these moments so he can be ready, so that he's poised, he's positioned for the next step. And again, that is absolutely great teaching. Paul is saying to us today, the word is saying to us today, that we're to be positioned for the next step. Whatever the outcome, that Christ would be exalted. And we have a plan in our minds how we want it to play out. But God has a bigger and a better plan. And we have to trust him. And in these moments, we, we don't need to say, Lord, I want this, this, this and this to happen. No, Lord, whatever happens, you're in control. Just position me to be in the right place at the right time so that I can bring glory to you. That's the goal, isn't it? That's what the word is drawing us to today. So us then, you and me today, in the dots, what are we waiting for? What are we waiting for? The truth is now is the time, isn't it? Time to pray, time to be expectant, time to build our courage and our resolve, time to rejoice in what we have and time to know that whatever the next step is, dot, 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 God has got it. Our prayer today needs to be, Lord, make us ready. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you for your word today. Lord, we thank you for its encouragement, that it bolsters our faith, that we can see its tangible, Paul's conviction and his drive, his faith and his passion to further the gospel. And we just pray, Lord, that your Holy Spirit would help us to indeed behave like this, to know and to understand that you're in control, to be absolutely certain that you've got it. Father, we just pray that you'll just encourage us in these moments and in this time of waiting that we would just look to you for our source of strength 
a source of hope. Father, our source of joy. We just thank you for all that you're doing for us. Just continue to be with us. Father, all those that are in the, the hospitals at this time, not well, we pray for your hand upon them. Father, we pray for the doctors, the nurses, the surgeons. Father, all of those that are fighting this virus on the front line, we pray, Lord, that you would just be with them. Father, when they get moments for rest, that you would just help them to sleep well. Father, you would just bring them strength. And Father, too, that in these tough times, that they would look to something bigger and better, that, Father, they might find you, those that don't yet know you as Lord and Saviour, might turn their eyes to you. So, Father, be with us, bless us, encourage us, we ask. And again, Lord, we thank you for these moments we are now to share together. Bless us, we pray in Jesus' precious name. Amen. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.